0: Amen. How many of y'all are ready for the word of God today? Amen. Can we give him a hand clap of praise in the house? How many of y'all feel the presence of God in this place today? I believe God's here. We have a promise in his word that we're two or three gathered together in his name. There he is in the midst. And I feel his presence, and I'm thankful for uh, I'm thankful for a church that, you know, when we get when we enter into his gates, the Bible says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. And I'm thankful for a church that came in with the mindset of worship this morning. And I feel him. This is a, a heavenly atmosphere in this house today. It's a, it's a kingdom culture. And that's what, that's what makes the difference. Amen? A heavenly atmosphere and a kingdom culture. And I'm so excited to get into this word. Um, I'm going to ask you a question to start off with. What was Jesus' final words to the disciples before he ascended into heaven? Think about that because I told you last week. How many of y'all were here last week? Wave your hand at me. Wave your hand at me. Uh, now I'm going, to make, I'm going to take it another step further, and I'm not, I don't mean to embarrass. I'm just doing a poll in the house of God this morning. Amen. How many of y'all have been here for every week of the road to Pentecost? Just wave your hand. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Um, so I told you last week in my introduction, many people think that the Great Commission was Jesus' last words to his disciples, to go into all the world, to make disciples. And that's what I preached on last week. I preached on the Great Commission. But actually, Jesus' last words was not the Great Commission. His last words was not to go, but to wait. Think about that. His last words was not go, but his last words was to wait. You ever thought about that? That's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to talk about waiting on God. We're going to talk about uh, waiting until we are endued with power from on high. That's what we're going to be talking about. If you have your Bibles, I want you to open them to the book of Luke, chapter 24. I want to read verse 49. And then what I want you to do is I want you to, we're also going to read uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. These two scriptures go hand in hand with each other. and I want to bring points out of both of them today. And when you find it, if you don't mind, please stand for the reading of God's word. This is something we do at Forward Church to just honor the reading of the word of God in his house. How many of y'all know God's word deserves honor? Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 24, verse 49. If you got it, say, I got it. If not, it's going to be up on the screen. And it says this. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but Terry, somebody say Terry. Somebody's like, who's Terry? That's not what we're talking about today. Tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Now keep that in mind and I want you to flip with me to the book of Acts. Chapter 1, verse 8. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. This is in the same context here and Jesus is talking to his disciples right before he is ascended into heaven. And it says this. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be witnesses. Somebody say witnesses. Look at your neighbor and say it's time to testify. Like that old song. For God I live, for God I die. Somebody ought to testify. Amen. (laughs) You shall be witnesses to me. In Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Today, I want to bring to you part four of this series that we're in currently titled The Road to Pentecost. Today, we're going to be focusing on the ascension, the ascension. Will you pray with me? God, I love you, and I praise you, God, for this word that you've given me today. I pray, God, as cliche as this sounds, God, I I, I mean it. I want you to hide me behind your cross god i don't want people to see me but i want them to see you through me i want them to hear you through me god let every single word that i say i want it to be ordained by you nothing more nothing less god let your reputation be honored and protected in every word that i say today god lord let these words also pierce the hearts of this congregation today god every single one under the sound of my voice in person and on the live stream god that we would not just be hearers of your word but doers god Lord, let this word not return void today, but let it take root in our life, God, and produce everlasting spiritual fruit that not only our life would be changed, but the people around us, God, would be changed, God, for the greater good of the kingdom of God. And we give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory for everything that's accomplished in Jesus' name. Everybody say in Jesus' name and shout amen. Amen. High five two or three people and tell them to get ready in your best T.D. Jake's voice. Mm Mm-hmm. You can be seated. In the scripture in Luke that we read, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he said, Behold, I send the promise. Somebody say promise. How many of y'all, how many of y'all have ever promised your kids something? I've made some promises to my <laughs> amen or oh me. I've made some promises to my kids before, and guess what? I'm I'm ashamed to say. Made good on all of those promises. Sometimes we 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 go out and we got errands to run. I remember last weekend we were, or maybe one day this week we were we were going to Mobile and we had some errands to run. And uh, I told Jaden, I said, "Look, we'll go to that jumpy place. I forget what the name of it is. There's two or three of them in Mobile, but you know you know the one that I'm talking about." And man, we got in Mobile and we started running errands, and we were we were tired, and you know we had made a couple of hospital visits and done this and done that, and we were we were hungry. Come on, somebody, we weren't hungry, we were hungry. And uh, so we just said, look, let's just go to Sacles, because I was Fusackley's is Jaden's favorite place to eat. I thought it was a pretty good trade off. You know what I mean? Like we were gonna go to Fousaclys, we were gonna get the bellies full. It's gonna be a little later in the day, and they're just gonna be ready to go home. We went to food cycles. we ate. We got in the, in the truck, and we got in the vehicle. And we made it about to the roundabout at the Chevron in Irvington. And I was thinking, man, we home scot-free. And then all of a sudden, Jaden spoke up. Daddy, are we almost to the jumpy place? I said, son, I'm so sorry, but we're almost home. How I many of y'all know Jaden was disappointed that day? But how many of y'all know the promise of our Heavenly Father? He's true to His promises. If God said something, how many of y'all know we can believe it? When God promises us something, we can rest assured that it's going to come to pass. See, a promise is a declaration of assurance that one will do a particular thing or that a particular thing will happen. If God promises us something, we can rest assured that it's going to happen. In the sense of a verb, a promise is to assure someone that, that one will definitely do, give, or arrange something to undertake or declare that something will happen, or to give good grounds for expecting. And see, I want you to understand, as a child of God, you can come to God's house expecting. I want you to understand that in your relationship with God, you can enter into A relationship with God knowing that you can expect his promises to come true in your life. Can I get an amen? Amen. How many of y'all know God is true to his word? How many of y'all know if he said it, we can believe it? If he said it, I can stand on it and see his words are yes and amen. Jesus said that heaven and earth will fade away, but his word will never His word is a firm foundation that we can rest assured on. I came by to tell somebody here today that what God has declared in your life, you can rest assured it will come to pass. If God has spoken something over you, you can rest assured that the promise of God in your life is greater than anything that the enemy can throw at you in your life. The promise of God in your life is greater than the circumstances that this world has surrounded you with today. And nothing that can come against you is greater than the one who is in you. Meaning the one is in you is greater than anything. And the promises of the one that is in you will come to pass. And you can stand on that and you can take it to the bank. God will do, give, or arrange whatever necessary to make do on his promises in your life. See, here's some things he's declared for you. He's declared spiritual breakthrough for every single person under the sound of my voice. He has declared spiritual breakthrough for the world. The God, the God of the Bible that I serve, I don't know about the Bible you, you read. Maybe you read a different Bible than I read today. Golly, it's a tough crowd this morning. The Bible that I read says that whosoever believes in him will not die but have everlasting life. Meaning, in the flesh we may die once. It's appointed every man to die once. But can I tell you, the moment that you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the blood of Jesus, which cleanses us from all sin and the penalty of sin or the payment of sin, is death. And not only is the blood of Jesus is applied to your life, but the Holy Spirit comes in and revives or rejuvenates or regenerates. That's a, that's a biblical word. Regenerates your spirit. Your dead spirit inside of you. And now greater is he that's within you than he that is of this world. And now we have a promise of authority in God's word that we can have spiritual breakthrough in the name of Jesus. Nobody else wants to praise him, but if y'all just praise him, maybe somebody else will. Go ahead. I got two people that's on fire for God this morning, and I'm going to lean into those two people. God's not only declared spiritual breakthrough, but he's also paid for our healing this morning. We don't have to walk through this earth under the circumstances and under the law and under the curse of this land. Sin brought curse to everything. There was nothing that sin did not touch on the face of this earth. But also, at the same time, Jesus broke every curse on the cross. And every curse has been defeated in the name of Jesus. And what the first Adam Brought into this world by disobedience to the Father. The second Adam, Jesus Christ, brought freedom to every person who receives him as their Lord and their Savior. So under the first Adam brought the curse of sin. But the second Adam brought the freedom of a relationship with Jesus Christ. We have the promise of miracles. We have a promise that signs, wonders, and miracles will follow those who believe. Or the believers. And see, the reason, I, I, I'll just, can I step out on a ledge this morning? The reason why, and, and I'm not up here to preach to get responses, but you can sort of gauge the passion of a of a crowd to the kingdom of God by the way they respond to the preached word of God. Because if we're not passionate about the word of God, then come on somebody. What can we be passionate about? But maybe the reason why we're not saying amen, praise God, thank you Jesus, is maybe because we don't really believe what I'm preaching this morning. Because we've experienced times where the miracle didn't come, or the miracle didn't happen, or the healing didn't come, or the healing didn't happen. But can I tell you, just because it didn't happen, and just because maybe that prayer was not answered the way you thought it should have been answered, doesn't mean that changes who my God is. My God, the Bible says, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still the God of miracles. He's still the God of breakthrough. He's still the God of financial victory. My Bible teaches me that my God owns the cattle of a thousand hills. And whatever that means, I don't know. But can I tell you this morning that lack is not my problem. I bind, I rebuke the spirit of that, And yes, I said the spirit of debt over the house of God in the name of Jesus. And I believe... That God's people can live under financial freedom. I believe financially if we live according to the principles of the kingdom of God in our finances, then we will have freedom and provision in the name of Jesus. It's not prosperity preaching. It's just a promise that we have in God's word. He said, I've never seen the righteous begging or forsaken or begging for bread. Meaning we'll have everything we need in Jesus Christ, I look up to heaven from where the source of my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. You need to say amen in the house this morning if you believe that. There's a little baby back there saying amen, and I wish we could be more like Jesus said, if unless we come to him in like like these little ones. Some of us think we've gotten too bigoty. Lord, I'm about to get a spirit of boldness on me right now and... You better pray because I can get a little mean every once in a while preaching. Because we think we're we're too big and we're too important to tell God amen and give him a hand clap of praise. And that preacher ain't going to tell me when to say amen. Who's he to tell me? I don't care. Listen, it ain't about me. It's about giving him what he's worthy of this morning. I'm not here for you. I'm here for him. And I've got a word that he laid on my heart. And you can receive it or you cannot receive it. And if you don't receive it, just never mind. Praise God. Look at your neighbor and say, he loves us. <laughs> it might not seem like it, but he does. If you love, if you love your children, you tell them the truth, don't you? Yeah. Amen. But you need to remember something here. And now here's the tough part. You say, wow, that wasn't the toughest part? <laughs> Here's the thing. Jesus said, go and tarry until I send you the promise of my Father. Meaning, we can rest assured the promise is coming. But did the promise come right away? That's why he said, go and tarry and wait. See, God didn't send the Holy Ghost right away. It took time, and it was all in God's time. And how many of y'all know God's time is not our time? His ways are not our ways. God's timing is not our timing. In times like this is when we need to learn to tarry or wait on the Lord. And can I just be honest with you and be bold with you and be frank with you this morning and every single other word that I can think of to be with you this morning? And say, in the culture, in the day, in the hour that we live in, I believe the church has maybe lost the art or the passion or the zeal or the hunger or the desire to just tarry and wait on God even and this is this is not anything new but i believe it's gotten worse because in in the day and hour we live in it's got to happen quick and if it don't happen quick if it don't happen now then obviously it was not God. But what we don't understand is sometimes the best thing comes to those who wait. I read a scripture in God's word that says those who wait on the Lord. Come on, how many Bible readers we got in the house? Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. He will mount them on up like wings of eagles, and they will soar. Maybe the reason that we're not rising to the place that God desires to take us is because we have lost the desire to wait on God in his timing, in his purpose, in his plan in our life. That's good preaching, preacher. And if nobody else will help me preach, I'll help me preach. Preach it, preacher. Because every single once in a while God's promises requires God's timing. And God doesn't just speak a word over your life and and just because you want it now it ain't J.G. Wentworth. Because even, and we've said this before but we've got so many new people in the house I've got to say it again. Either, even a good thing at a bad time is a bad thing. And maybe God is taking you through a season of waiting because He understands that you can't handle the truth right now. And I don't mean to get all few good men on you this morning. But here's the thing: sometimes we've got to understand that we actually don't know what's best for us. There's a breakthrough in in a society, in a culture that tells you that you've got your own truth and that whatever you believe is true. And if it's true to you, then it's true to you. And I can have my truth and you can have your truth. And if you believe something, you're like, you know, I've seen this this guy one time say, well, are, are, are we having this conversation right now? And somebody said, well, I don't know, are we? Yes. It's like, well, whose truth is that? It's not anybody's truth. It's just the truth. And who made truth? Who's the revealer of the truth? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the revealer of truth in our life, meaning He knows what's best. He knows what's good. He gets to define what's best in my life. I don't get to define what's best in my life. Man, there's some preaching right there. There's a thought that He actually knows what's best for you more than you know what's best for you. But in these seasons of waiting, can I tell you that it gets difficult? In these seasons of waiting, it gets hard. And that's the moment when a lot of people say, well, when it gets hard, where's my towel at? What do we do? Throw in the towel. Because the moment it gets hard, we say, well, obviously, this is not of God. Because God doesn't take me through hard times. Oh, I beg the difference. God absolutely takes you through hard times. God actually promised us in his word that in this world, you will have trials. You will have tribulation. But take courage, take heart, because I have overcome this world. You see, the difference is, everybody. the, 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 the similarity is everybody's going to go through trials. Everybody in this world is going to face trials. No one is exempt from trials. The only difference is you can either go through a trial by yourself or you can go through a trial with Jesus. I choose to go through a trial with Jesus because my Jesus said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. And it's in those seasons of waiting that he chooses to grow us in our faith. As a matter of fact, it's in these seasons of waiting that he teaches us a word that I like to call faithfulness. Because faithfulness requires depth in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you are not, and I'm, I don't mean to sound whatever right here, but this is the only phrase that comes to my mind. If we are, are, are spiritually shallow Christians, the moment tough times hit our life, that's when people start leaving the church. That's when people start saying, Well, there's got to be something easier and there's got to be something better out there. Obviously, the world has something better for me. Obviously, this person or or that person has something better for me. But what you don't realize is God's trying to accomplish something in your life. And if we keep running from our trials, if we keep running from our problems, then we're never going to become spiritually mature believers in the body of Christ. And that's why we... Never mind. Okay. But I say, be faithful. As a matter of fact, Jesus gave them the promise. He said, go, tarry in Jerusalem, Acts 1 and 8, but you will see, you will have power. All of that came, but the first thing they did when they got to the upper room, let me give you a little context. I'm about to read Acts 1, 21 and 22. Let me give you a little context of this scripture. After, they, after the believers gathered together in the upper room, mind you, this sermon series is the road to what? Pentecost. And it's all leading up to Acts chapter 2. Come on, somebody. The Holy Spirit was poured out in the upper room. But they got in the upper room and they started praying. And for 10 days, they prayed. And I believe it was probably on about day 7. Peter stood up and they said, he said, Hey, we've been praying for a while. And you know what? I remember this prophecy in the Old Testament. And here's what it says. Basically that the one who betrayed him, the one who betrayed Jesus, they will choose a replacement for him. Meaning Judas, who hung himself, who betrayed Jesus and hung himself because of the torment that happened because of his betrayal with Jesus Christ. They said, we're going to choose a replacement for him. In picking up in this scripture, let's read the scripture. Acts 1, verse 21. Therefore, of these men who have accompanied us all the time. Somebody say "all all the time. All the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us. Beginning from the baptism of John to the day when he was taking up from us. One of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. Here's what I want you to understand this morning. Now, I'm going to tie these two points hand in hand together. Because there's power in being faithful. Faithfulness is a testimony. Amen, preacher. That's good. See, every once in a while, I'll just give myself an amen. That's good. Faithfulness is a testimony. And many of us feel like we don't have a testimony because... We hear all these other people, and if this is you, now, I'm not condemning you. I'm just trying to help somebody else this morning, okay? Because we hear all of these other people in the kingdom of God. God delivered. Man, I was I was in the crack house. I was shooting up on drugs. I was a drunk. I was, I was bound in alcohol. I was a homosexual. I was all this and all that. But God delivered me, and he set me free, and, and now I'm singing praises, and I'm testifying about what God's done in my life. That's a powerful testimony, is it not? And we need to hear those testimonies, and we need those testimonies, do we not? But can I tell you, some of you have this testimony. I was raised in church. I never got into drugs, I never got into alcohol, I never got into the party scene, I never, I never knew what that was like. But you know what, I've just been faithful to God. I've just been there. I've experienced things in my life. He's taken me through some trials. He's, he's seen me through tribulation. He's seen me through some circumstances. And can I tell you, I've witnessed, a, I've witnessed more from being faithful to Jesus than I have ever witnessed by being out there in the world. And I'm thankful for a testimony this morning of a, of a few people that says, Thank God that I've been faithful. And here's what here's what's so awesome about this story. There was two men that had that testimony. Two men. Justice, I believe his name was, and Matthias. And the Bible says they cast lots. Now, I ain't got time to get into all that. That's another sermon for another day. Maybe that needs to be in a small group. Come on, somebody. And the Bible says that it, that, it, that it fell on Matthias. Now, they could have drew sticks, you know, whoever got the, the, I don't know. They could have rolled dice, whatever. But it fell on Matthias. Now, here's the awesome thing about Matthias. Matthias got the awesome privilege of being numbered with the 12 apostles. You don't ever hear a word about this man throughout all of all of the Bible. You don't hear his name mentioned a single time. And then all of a sudden, here's this guy. He's one of the 12. Now, I don't know if you understand, but the Bible says that the names of the apostles are written in New Jerusalem, in heaven. And so, I just want I want you to comprehend. I don't really have time to, to get into this really in depth this morning, but I just want you to understand something. Judas's name is not numbered with a 12. But there's a man by the name of Matthias who was faithful, who was there. What was the stipulation? To witness the, the baptism of John, meaning Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. He was there when Jesus got baptized. He witnessed it. He saw it with his what? Own eyes. He was there when Jesus what? Ascended into heaven. He was there when when Lazarus was raised from the grave. He was there when Jesus opened the eyes of the blind. He was there when Jesus fed the 5,000. And he was there when Jesus fed the 4,000. He was there every time Jesus cleansed the leopard. He witnessed every single miracle of Jesus because he understood the power of being there. Even in Acts chapter 2. I'm getting ahead of myself. This is coming in just a few weeks. It didn't say that the whole city was baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Acts chapter 2, it makes a proclamation. Everyone present. Everyone who was there. What am I trying to say this morning? It's time we just become faithful. It's time we really get back to being faithful. The 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 scaring the scary thing in, in 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 the day and hour which we live in, faithful and listen, hear my heart. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. If anything, I'm trying to push you in the right way this morning. The statistic, really, faithful church attendance today is considered one Sunday a month. All the polls, if there's a poll out there that is measuring faithful church attendance, it is only measured if someone is attending one Sunday a month. Oh Lord help me. Pastor, I got I got work. I understand that. God understands that. Look, I can't get into all the, nobody knows your personal situation except God and you. But what I am saying is there's, there's there's, power and there's blessing and there's honor and there's favor and there's privilege and there's breakthrough and there's freedom and there's joy and there's anointing and there's miracles and there's, there's all of this and it's all about being present, faithful, faithful, be there, witness, because here's the the last thing, I got 10 seconds, here's the thing, because Jesus said, you will be my witnesses when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, I'm closing with this, now here's the awesome thing about being a witness, to be a witness of something, you actually have to what, be there, you have to witness it, You cannot testify to something that you haven't personally witnessed. And the Bible says we are made overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Now, I want you to understand something. A lot of people, and now this is not excluding this, but a lot of people say that that being a witness is just telling people about your salvation experience. That is part of it. And if you are not telling people about your salvation experience and what Jesus has done for you, then it's time you start speaking up about what Jesus has done for your life. But a lot of being a witness is that you become, you become an uncomfortable revelation to the rest of the world that there is a supernatural God that exists today that is alive and well and living on the inside of you that is causing you to be different from every single person around you. And if the world looks at the church and all they see is a church that looks like the rest of the world, then what kind of witness have we become? Everybody stand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. Today we're starting something that maybe if you wouldn't, if you wouldn't hear last Sunday, I don't mean that, whatever, then you missed it. But we made an announcement last Sunday that today we were going to start 21 days prayer and fasting because in the 10 days of waiting for the promise of the Father to be sent and to be poured out for the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit to be poured out of the upper room the believers gathered together and they did something called prayer now here's a here's a here's a wild idea Prayer is the heartbeat of the church And without prayer The church Cannot live Meaning If if you have a Prayerless life More than likely you have a Spiritually Dead Life Because prayer is what connects you To the Father there is only life in Him and so what I believe is God is calling this church to is, is 21 days starting today and I don't know if I said them out front maybe somebody else did maybe someone else took up my slack I printed them they're out there praise God thank you Jesus I printed out just one sheet of paper front and back if you need a if if you say pastor I've never fasted before and you're telling me I gotta do without food for 21 days listen there's different types of fasts okay Daniel fast, Jewish fast, partial day fast, whatever, whatever. I don't don't care what type of fast you do, but all I'm asking is that for 21 days, this church focuses on prayer and consecration to God. That's what fasting is. It's consecrating yourself. It's setting yourself apart to God for a purpose. And I want us to pray. And I believe there's power in prayer. I believe that God answers our prayers so here's the thing this morning if you've come to God's house and you maybe you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ guess what can guess what it takes really to get into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ it takes prayer it really it does it takes prayer believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth actually confession is is a part of it's a type of prayer you're praying you're talking to God So, I never want to get. I never want to leave God's house without giving an opportunity for salvation. But here's here's the thing. We about to we about to have a prayer service. We're about to have an altar call. And if you're under the sound of my voice and you just say, Pastor, I just want to be faithful. I, I you know what? I really I, I really didn't comprehend how important faithfulness is in the kingdom of God, and now I understand. It's not about a have to. It's not about, well, I just got to check this off or there's all these requirements. It's know that Jesus loved me so much that he gave it all for me. And now that he gave it all for me, there's only one reasonable response. I love him so much, I want to give him all of me. And so I want to be faithful today. And you know what? I'll just be honest with God and I'll be honest with, with myself. I'll be honest with everybody around me. And you, if you can be honest and say, you know what? I just had not been faithful like I know that I should be. And I just want to make a commitment before I leave today. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be faithful. And last but not least, here's the third thing. God laid this on my heart this morning in, in, in my office while I was reading through this and praying. I don't want us to forget about how I opened up this sermon. Some of you have promises from God. Promises that that has yet to be fulfilled. And maybe you've grown weary in waiting. But I'm telling you this morning, those who wait on the Lord, your strength is going to be renewed. And if you're weary this morning, I want you to respond to the altar call when it's given. Because I'm believing that God is going to renew your strength and I'm believing that the promises that he spoke over you, you're going to have a whole new belief. There's going to be a gift of faith that rises up in you and say, that says something inside of you is going to say, if my God spoke it over me, then it's going to come to pass. And I'm going to stand on the promises of God's word. Those three things is what we're about to have, have an altar call for. Every head bowed, every eye closed.